as we venture into the murky waters of everything you've been told never to bring up at holiday dinner. You'll need a guide, someone you can trust, a battle-tested, common-sense leader who knows that an extra pair of dry socks just might save your life. That wise old sage has arrived, and he is shouting the Schmidt Show battle cry. Schmidt heads unite! Good morning, good afternoon. Time appropriate greetings, depending on where you are listening to the Schmidt Show from. I am, in fact, your host, Brad Schmidt. Thanks for joining me this morning. Uh, or, like I said, this afternoon, depending on when and where you are listening to the Schmidt Show podcast. Um, I am going to talk a little bit about Nazism today. We um, I, This is a topic that I have not addressed in the past. This is not a, a topic that I've spent a lot of time on on the podcast. I have talked about it quite a bit on, the, uh, on my terrestrial show and my radio show. And the, uh, the radio show, of course, if you want to find it, as I always say, it's on 1310 KNOX AM 107.9 KNOX FM if you are in the Grand Forks, North Dakota listening area. Um, or if you are, are not and you still want to listen to The Schmidt Show, you want to get more of The Schmidt Show, um, but in a terrestrial radio form, you can go to our, uh, our radio station's website, which is com, and there's a Listen Live link. Or you can download the app. There's an app for it, which is, uh, I think you just uh, search the, uh, the, uh, the store for um, whatever app store you've got. You just search the store for KNOX Radio. 1310 or 1310 KNOX radio, something like that. You'll be able to find, uh, find the show. So 70177. No, that's the, uh, that's the, <laughs> that's the phone number for my terrestrial show. I was talking terrestrial radio. We don't have the phone number up and running. It's normally 866-766-1776, but in the new studio, we have not got the phones up and running. Um, and we've not had a lot of, of telephone, um, interaction on the Schmidt show podcast anyway. So text, uh, we got a, uh, we do have a telegram group and we're, we're being told that there is only left side audio. So again, I don't know why this is happening in the recording. It comes through fine. Um, in the, in the audio for whatever reason, um, let's try that. See if that does it. I don't know if that'll change it, but I, uh, I did the mix down to uh, mono mono. So it should be. It should be uh, it should be both sides. If it's not, I apologize. In the in the recording, it's fine. On the podcast, for, for whatever reason, the law the the audio on the live version gets messed up from time to time. So, Steve, thank you for pointing that out, and uh, we will uh, we'll work on getting that taken care of in the future. So, um, I, I I can't figure out why it keeps doing this. This is a frustration of mine. This is the joys of technology. And unfortunately today the Hig again is, is out. He was uh, just out in Washington, out in Seattle for, uh, Northwest Linux fest or Linux fest Northwest. I can't remember what it was called. So anyway, we're going to talk Nazism today. This is not a topic that I've spent a lot of time on, on the podcast, but it is something I've talked about on my terrestrial show. Uh, to great extent, because the argument always is Nazism is the right wing ideology of fascism. And and the, the truth is um, Nazism has nothing in common with with conservatism or right right wing or right leaning politics at all. In fact, Nazism is very heavily uh, influenced by the left and by the extreme radical left of Marx, Stalin, Lenin, communism, Bolshevism, all of that is is essentially where um, Nazism gets its its ideology from, or where it stole its ideology from, and where Hitler um, began to shape what was at one point called the DAP, uh, the Deutsche. I'm not going to pronounce this right in German. The Deutsche Arbeiter Partei, and which essentially meant German Workers Party. Um, and so the, 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 the original name of the Nazi party was the German workers party. It wasn't until Nazi or until Hitler took it over and, and kind of forced his way in, uh, moved his way up through the ranks, um, as a gifted orator and, and skilled propagandist that he, he then later, 
uh, kind of overthrew the leadership and, and took over the party. He was the one that convinced them to change it from just the German Workers' Party to the National Socialist German Workers' Party. Um, and so that's where the term Nazi came from, from the German uh, shortened up for National Socialist. Um, so the where this discussion is starting with me was over the weekend, Dan Crenshaw, he is a, he's a representative uh, in the House of Representatives from Texas. Um, you've probably seen videos of him on the news. You've probably heard him talk um, in various viral videos about this, that, or the other topic. Um, he's a Republican from Texas, a former Navy SEAL. Um, he lost his eye in a in a in his service as a Norman Navy SEAL, and so you've seen him wear the eye patch or whatever. You probably have seen him with his eye patch. And he was at a Turning Point USA event over the weekend. Turning Point USA is one of these groups that that uh, gets people to show up on college campuses uh, from a conservative perspective, and and he they they um, try to at least make college kids aware of ideologies other than what their professors are trying to indoctrinate them with. So. Representative Crenshaw was at one of these events at a university, and I don't remember um, which university it was. Now I'm going to, you know, scroll through the the article here real quick to see if it, if I can see for sure. I don't think it says actually in the article where he was. They just said he was at a Turning Point USA um, event, and he was there speaking, taking questions, doing the whole question and answers session kind of thing. And a student stood up and said, TPUSA is for Nazis, and you should be ashamed of your service in Afghanistan. Some random teenager in the crowd said as the crowd booed him. It was an an illegal war of aggression by the United States. You should be ashamed of yourself, not proud of your service. Crenshaw responded to the teen by saying, if you have to call somebody a Nazi, it's a good indicator that you haven't thought your argument through very well. The team, of course, the teen, of course, stormed off um, and refused to actually engage in any sort of debate, just make some radical statement that is baseless and untrue, and then runs away like a coward like they usually do. He then later, uh, Crenshaw later com- commented as, as another student got up to uh, discuss or, or ask a question, whatever. He said, that was fun. At least we had a little bit of, uh, but, you know, get more creative with your insults, man. Like Nazi, come on! That was that was his response. Uh, Crenshaw is um, one of the the uh, I guess I would say up and coming um, political stars in the Republican Party in the conservative movement. He's certainly more conservative than a lot of your your mainstream you know establishment Republicans. I hate using that term, the establishment Republicans, because that that term, the 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 discussion of the establishment Republicans, oftentimes is is just I it, I don't know. It's it's um, I don't know. It just it feels weak to me um, when. And I don't think my uh, my video. Eh, maybe it is working. Um, anyway, the the um, the the mainstream the the to use the term establishment Republicans is is a weak way, in my opinion, to to address the issues with the Republican Party because it 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 it, it hints or it indicates that you believe that the Republican Party. Um, is unwieldy and or uncontrollable or or something along those lines that that there is this shadowy they that kind of controls everything and we don't have a say we don't have a way to get involved we don't have a way to to change that and the truth is there are some really good Republican. Uh, men and women in Washington and around the country trying very hard to do the right thing to to not uh, fall victim to the quote unquote establishment to not fall victim to this idea that 
that uh, the the Republican Party is what it is, and we just have to go along to get along, and and all of that kind of stuff. So um, I don't like using the the term establishment Republicans, but in this case, I'm, I'm not sure uh, there's a better way to say it. Um, Crenshaw is just he's certainly more conservative than the average. Um, mainstream Republican, I guess, if you want to say it that way. Um, so anyway, Crenshaw's response was was genius. He didn't even acknowledge or or um, give the the kids' argument any credence by saying, "No, here's here's why I'm not a Nazi," or trying to defend himself and 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 say, "No, I'm not a Nazi." He simply pointed out the absurdity of the argument and then moved on. Um, Members of the this TPUSA, the Turning Point USA, have been also uh, in facing or have been facing um, more and more hostile environments at these crazy left uh, campuses across the country. And we'll get to the Nazism thing here in just a minute, but I want to point this out. Um, in February, as reported by the Daily Wire, uh, police at the University of California, Berkeley, were called to a student plaza on Tuesday after reports that a representative of the Conservative Leadership Institute was physically assaulted by a man on campus. Part of the assault was captured on cell phone video that has since been shared online by Turning Point USA. The conservative group the representative was reportedly helping train. The Daily, Calif- Daily Californian was the first outlet to report the institute incident, which the student-run paper says took place on Upper Spruill Plaza. Citing a campus police alert that went out Wednesday, the paper reports that the alleged victim, a male leadership institute representative, had been tabling for the conservative group Turning Point USA on Tuesday afternoon about 3.29 p.m. when two males approached the table. The victim told the police that he he and the two men became embroiled in a verbal altercation, at which point began he began filming the escalating exchange with his phone. One of the two alleged attackers reportedly slapped the phone out of the activist's hand and then overturned the table the group was using to recruit. Um, this, is, this is the tactic of Nazism. We've, we've had this discussion, like I said, on my radio show quite a bit, but not so much here on the podcast. And... It is increasingly important that we point out when we're having these discussions about Nazism, about what Nazism is, about who the Nazis are, and and all that sort of thing, that this kind of tactic, that the the attack and violent um, shouting down of conservative voices is not the 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 position most of the time of the right. The the violent attack and the the violent uh, squelching of the voices of the the conservative is 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 almost all well obviously it has to be the 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 left but most often hey Dave thanks for joining me um, both coming through on Facebook now good good I think we got the the audio fixed so um Hey Josh, thanks for for joining in as well. Um, anyway, the uh, the 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 violence is oftentimes can oftentimes be traced to the left, and that is a classic technique of Nazism, of totalitarianism, of fascism, of communism. Of I mean, pick a pick an ism that is that is essentially. Um, socialist or communist in nature, and you will see that that is a common tactic of theirs and is to use violence. And so it is oftentimes not the right that is accused of all of these Nazi-like tactics that is not the right um, that is accused of, of being Hitler or, or some other version of, of Nazism or neo-Nazism or whatever. It's, it's usually the left um, that engages in those sorts of of activities and those sorts of techniques. So, um, understanding Nazism, there's a there's a link to um, in the show notes to an article um, called "Understanding Isms," and it, the kind of the subtitle is "Nazism is left wing, libertarianism is right wing," and he goes through and and kind of lays out the history of the Nazi party. So it was originally formed, um, in, 
in, I believe, 1919, as I said, as the German Workers' Party. Um, and that event or, or the, the founding, quote-unquote, fathers of the, of the, um, of the, the Nazi Party trying to get the link back up here. I had it for a second and then I dropped it. Um, hang on. Give me just a second. We'll get this up. The, uh, where'd it go? Oh man, I can't find it now. Anyway, um, the, the Nazi party was originally formed in 1919. Um, and the, the the movement of there's three guys Dietrich Volsch I can't oh man I wish I could find this article I had these names and now I can't find it um anyway there was three three guys that started the the Nazi party the German Workers Party and it was it was Hitler who joined the party um yeah here here it is it was uh it was Anton Drexler, Karl Horror, and 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 there was one other guy. It's not listing. It's not shown here. Anyway, Anton Drexler was the chairman, and Karl Horror was the Reich chairman. Um, they started the party. Hitler joined the party as its fifty fifth member uh, when it was just a, a barely. Um, getting off the ground in 1920. He he obviously of course became as we all know the the kind of the the chief orator. He was known uh for his passionate speeches as we've all seen. You've seen the videos of him shouting and spitting and hollering and pushing his his ideology of of Nazism. Um he ended up I believe was actually connected to or became the chief propaganda or he became, he was connected to the, the propaganda department or whatever they want to call it of that time. And he, of course, he, he preferred that role. He, he liked being there because that was, he saw himself as, as the voice, as the, the, uh, the, the, the drum major, if you will, of the, the Volksch nationalism part of labor politics, he, the 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 people, right? He was all about the people, the middle class people. the 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 word Volksch or Volkisch. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I'm not German. Um, was the was the German ideology or the German idea of of uh, Marx's proletariat? And this was where Hitler began to really start to to grow his his um his influence in the party um he understood that the 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 appeal of the party had to be to the middle class it had to be to the regular working joe the disgruntled and and in the you're going to remember following world war uh 1 germany was was in massive massive trouble uh, they were broke Inflation was out of control. Their money had become generally worthless. Um, and so Hitler knew that he needed to be able to to appeal to the middle class. And that was where the national socialist ideology came from. That was when it moved from the German Workers' Party to the National Socialist German Workers' Party. He knew that that it was it was going to be uh, necessary to incorporate this Volkish nationalism into the ideology that it had to be about the German people and about restoring German pride and and restoring um, German um, supremacy in in Europe um, and there were a lot of people that were disgruntled by um, and had been taken advantage of after and well and even during World War One, um, that that would resonate with this. Um, he he got this idea of the 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 Volkish movement or the 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 middle class working people's movement in his 
understanding of Karl Marx and his socialist ideology. And so when we start talking about Nazism, um, it is important to point out what the the ideologies of Nazism were. Now, there's no question that Hitler, um, of course, had in mind a lot of the a lot of the the um, the racist kind of white supremacy, and it wasn't even really so much white supremacy as in um, you know black people are bad and white Europeans are all good. Um, with Hitler, the the racial discussion was always about the Aryan race, this this specifically uh, German supremacy in in everything. They Germans were better. Germans were, and it wasn't just the Jews that he hated. He hated everybody that wasn't German, and he he was his desire was to conquer and destroy anything that wasn't German. So it it is more important to understand that Nazism is not a racist ideology in that it hates black people or Mexicans as the left would have you believe here in the modern United States. It was racist as in 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 everybody was inferior to Germans, to pure German blood. If you weren't of pure German heritage. If if you weren't of pure German um, blood, you were you were less than, and it had nothing to do with the color of your skin. Um, it had everything to do with the with the foundation of your ethnicity, um, and so this this whole Volkish movement kind of kind of came out of that ideology that that we the German workers, we the German people were better than everyone else. And, and we needed to prove that in order to implement the, the Marxist utopian ideas of, of communism and, and the undertones of socialism found in, in Nazism. Um, the, the idea, so a little bit of proof that, that Nazism is, is based on or founded on, um, Marxist ideology, and and of course the Nazis would never admit it because Karl Marx was Jewish, but at the essence their idea of of socialism, and this is listed in this in in one of the articles linked in the in the uh, in the show notes, the the Nazis would never admit it, but at its core their idea of socialism carries all of the hallmarks of of Marx's utopian communism. Marx saw labor as the path to liberty. Um, and if you don't believe that and you don't believe the connection to the to the Nazi party, to the National Socialist German Workers Party, the sign that was above, the famous sign that was above Auschwitz concentration camp said, Arbeit macht frei, which essentially means, or or loosely translated, means... Work will set you free. That was essentially, and I don't, again, I'm not German, so I might be um, not entirely uh, translating that perfectly. But, um, yeah, the, 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 that phrase was a phrase um, that Marx's, Karl Marx's ideology um, that labor was the was the the source of all wealth, and the only reason um, rich people were rich was because they exploited the labor and stole the labor and stole the the benefits or the capital of of those who who labored for them. Also central to Nazi philosophy and, of course, communist philosophy, was their 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 demand to quote break the shackles of finance capital. Um, you hear this kind of talk among a lot of the Bernie Sanders, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez kind of people, right? Like it's it's the it's we are in in um, uh, slavery to debt. And we need to forgive all of the debt. We need to spread, like, you'll see this with Elizabeth Warren in, in her, her uh, push to uh, forgive all of the debt of student 
loans, right? If, if you've got student loan debt, that debt can be forgiven to the tune of trillions of dollars because that, that is part of this debt slavery bought, brought on by capitalism. And, and that the, that you using my money, if I'm a bank, if I'm a, if I'm a, um, uh, a financier or whatever, the, 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 you using my money for a fee to pay for something that you can't afford to pay for on your own right at the moment is, is somehow evil. If I charge you interest on the loan that you've borrowed me or on the money that you've borrowed me, that that is somehow evil. And, and so, um, Elizabeth Warren wants to forgive all of that debt because in her mind, the, the rich folks that control the cash, that control the capital, have put you, the poor student, in slavery to, to student debt. Um, which is interesting because the, the same Marxist and radical leftist professors that are making 100,000 plus salaries, you know, some of them 200, 300, and even $400,000 salaries off the backs of the students paying um, tuition and things like that and going into massive debt, it, it is somehow capitalism that's at fault. In that it's 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 the greed of corporate America. It's the greed of Goldman Sachs or or uh, Wells Fargo or some other financial institution that has that has caused that. Yet it's the professors that are taking home the gigantic paychecks and and in in doing so are heaping massive amounts of debt onto the students. Elizabeth Warren is one of those individuals specifically. She's she's complaining about student debt, yet has taken a quarter million dollar salary from from Harvard University for for some piddly um, effort of of education that she's offered to the university on a on a topic that she has no business teaching. Um, so it, it it is somewhat telling of the hypocrisy of of the radical left as they they rail against capitalism and rail against so, uh, or and rally in favor of socialism that they get to be get they get to become rich off of the backs of the people that they're claiming to want to take care of the 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 and here's another little side note if you if you ever want to know um a little bit about the inside or the mind of the radical leftist. Um, look no further than the university system as they believe that their value as an educator is hundreds of thousands of dollars a year that provides essentially nothing to many students through through useless degrees and stupid things like third century Russian lesbian poetry or underwater basket weaving or some other um, ridiculous degree that has no marketable value. They think that that is of more value to society than the people like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and, and Jeff Bezos and, and Sam Walton and the other individuals who have become wildly wealthy by pro- providing services and products to people at, at inexpensive rates and through great convenience to the consumer. That somehow those people are evil and they're taking and stealing from the... the um, the 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 working man the poor people yet they're getting wildly rich off of students who who are are becoming literal debts to or literal slaves to their debt um the other thing is the when when you hear about um politicians wanting to raise the availability to students for student loans. They want to make more money available so more kids can get better debt and more debt and student loans to, to go to college. In, and they, they try to couch it in this, this idea of nobility that they simply want to expand access to individuals for coverage 
um, or expand access to individuals for education. And in reality, what they're actually doing is they're wanting to pad their own salaries. They know that if they raise the amount of student loans available, that they can then also raise the amount of of um, the the amount of tuition they can charge because well the kids have more student loans available to them so we can charge them more money and in charging them more money we can raise our own salaries and we can get a new car and we can buy a bigger house and we can do all the things that we hate other people for we can now engage in those activities ourselves because we've put the burden on the backs of students um, through increased access to student loans. So whenever you hear a politician talking about increasing student loans, just remember that they're not really, they don't really care about the student. They don't really have any desire to help lift the student up or make students, uh, or give, sorry, give students better access to, to, um, to education. They simply want to pad their own salaries or the salary of their, of their, college professor buddies. This this is one of the things that absolutely irritates me um, beyond measure. I, it cannot be said enough that if you really, really, really want to improve the quality of education, if you really, really, really want to stop, help students um, and, and offer a better education at a lower price, stop raising debt limits for students. Stop allowing and offering more and more ways for kids to go in debt through student loans. Start forcing universities to have to lower their prices and offer a good product at a decent price that people can afford. And you don't do that. This is part of the reason that the cost of automobiles has gone up so much. If you want to go out and buy a car, well, there's free financing. There's 0% interest on a gazillion dollars to buy a car you can't afford to impress people you don't know and have never met and somehow feel better about yourself. That's part of the reason cars are so expensive because nobody cares what the cost of a car is anymore. Same with houses. The reason mortgages have, have, or, or houses have gone up is because of the availability of mortgages. Nobody cares what the cost of a car is anymore. Nobody cares what the cost of a college education is anymore. Nobody cares what the cost of a TV or a house or anything else is. All they want to know is, can I afford the payments? All I want to know is, can I afford the payments? And and in doing so, we have we have made ourselves slaves to debt. We have we have made our children and our families and generations to come slaves to debt. And and this is this is what is so funny to me, or so and it's not even really funny. It's actually tragic, but it's it, what is so hypocritical to me about the radical left is that they say they want to end this cycle of, of, of putting our children and generations of people in, in slavery to debt, yet they, they implement policies that do exactly that. They, they, they speak out of one side of their mouth and say, we want to do this. Then they speak out of the other side of their mouth and they vote in a way that says, we'll, we're going to do the actual opposite. But don't judge us by our results. Don't judge us by what we've accomplished. Don't judge us by our failures. Judge us by our intentions. We wanted to help kids. We implemented a bunch of policies that we knew wouldn't and, and believed would or, or were aware that would actually make it much worse for young students trying to get an education and make it worse for young students who want to actually succeed and grow and move on and, and build a career. We, we implemented policies that intentionally made it worse, but don't judge us by that because what we really wanted to do was make it better. And we, we, want, we want to feel good about doing that. that. That is the problem with the radical left, is, is that it has become an opportunity or it has become a way for the radical left to say, don't judge us on what we've done, on the failures of what has happened, but judge us on what our intentions were. And, and that is that mentality is actually leaning and leading itself into... Um, it's, it's, it, or sorry, it's, it's, it's not leading itself into, it is infiltrating. That's what I was looking for. It's infiltrating its way into younger and younger minds at every single level of education. We've got, we've got young people that say, um, I didn't mean to, 
Now, and I, I know that that's been a, a, a complaint or a, an argument or an excuse um, of young people who've made mistakes for ages, but you, you're beginning to see this in, in actual arguments that you, you shouldn't fire me because I screwed up because I didn't mean to. You shouldn't fire me or you shouldn't judge my, my politics or, or the, the policies that I have implemented because what I meant to do, I wanted to help the homeless people. The, the evil Republicans, the evil conservatives, they don't want to help the, 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 the poor people. They don't want to help the homeless. They don't want to build a homeless shelter that actually makes more people homeless because more and more people can't afford to pay their property taxes and they end up losing their homes or they end up not being able to afford their their mortgages or, or whatever because of the increased tax burden. And so they end up homeless. So did it really help? And, and I, I get that that's maybe... Um, um, I get that that's maybe... Um, a bit of a stretch for an argument, but it's it's a simple illustration of of trying to point out what's actually happening. They the the radical left tells you what they want to do, then they implement policies exactly opposite of what they want to do, and then they accuse the right of being guilty of the ones that caused the problems. And and it, it just it's infuriating to me. So anyway, back to the whole Nazism thing. Um, Nazism is without question more connected to modern liberalism than anything in the conservative ideology ever has been. Um, modern liberalism. Um, of course, gets its name from liberalism. But what I have talked about as classical liberalism um, is is more akin to libertarianism. Uh, and it stands upon, um, as this, as one of the articles, again, you can look this up in the show notes, as they say it, um, stands upon the divine right of every person to certain inalienable rights, rights that no other human can violate. Now, the problem with that I have with, with libertarianism is libertarianism often leads to anarchy. You can't tell me what to do. I can't tell you what to do. So we can all just do whatever we want. Maximum freedom, maximum freedom, um, and, and minimum coercion. Now the libertarian would tell you that human beings are just generally good people. And if left alone, they'll do the right thing. If you don't, force upon them borders, they will just naturally kind of stay within their own borders. If you don't force upon them some sort of morality through laws, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, and those sorts of things, that they'll just naturally not do those things. And and that oftentimes a a a a violation of any of those laws is is seen oftentimes by the libertarian as simply a lashing out against authority. But if that authority wasn't there, they wouldn't have probably committed said, said violation in the first place, which is, of course, absurd. We all know um, that there's nothing about human history that has ever suggested that if human beings left alone to their own devices will behave. If you, if you need any proof of that, look no further than the, the Stanford experiment. Um, the Stanford experiment uh, was a, uh, I believe it was at Stanford University. I think it was a Stanford experiment anyway. Um, there was a, a group of university students that were were doing some, um, it was either psychology or sociology study uh, to determine what it is about the dynamic between prisoners and guards that becomes so adversarial and, and so on. Um, I think it's actually on Netflix if you want to watch it. It's called The Stanford Experiment. And what they find out is that they ended up having to cancel the the experiment because in in no time at all, um, the guards had become, become borderline evil in their sadism um, and their treatment of the prisoners. And the prisoners, um, even though they knew they didn't have to be there, they could leave whenever they wanted, um, they became um, almost tragically subservient to the guards, even though it was just role playing. It was it was entirely role playing, 
but the sadism and the sadistic nature of the guards became such and the 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 tragic subservience of the of the 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 quote unquote prisoners became such that they ended up having to cancel the experiment because it just got out of control literally in in a matter of days um and and it is probably the the most stark example that if human beings left to their own devices will not behave will not be good but they will get more and more evil as they realize that they can they can um they can indulge in their inmost and innermost evil thoughts that i mean and and that's that's just like say that there's nothing you don't even have to believe in in i'm a christian i'm a former pastor and and i've got a degree in biblical studies and 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 my my area of expertise is theology but you don't even have to believe in god to acknowledge that about humanity right you don't even have to believe in god to acknowledge that that human beings if left alone will not behave they just won't. There's there's nothing in human history that has ever suggested that is true, and that's part of the problem with libertarianism. So anyway, back to the the concept of of liberalism and and Nazism. Um, liberalism is much more connected to um, modern liberalism is much more connected to uh, Nazism and and the uh, socialist slash communist slash Stalinist Marxist whatever. Um, Liberalism often touts itself as the most tolerant worldview. Um, and if you think about it, liberalism, modern liberalism cannot tolerate the existence of, of libertarian ideology. Because libertarian says, I can do what I want. I, I don't have to um, engage in your worldview in any way, shape, or form. Libertarianism believes that every person has the right to live their lives however they see fit. And modern liberalism will tell you that that is true as well, but in practice it doesn't work that way, right? Because if I live my life in such a way that I deny the validity of same-sex marriage, I am then nearly immediately touted by the modern liberal as someone who is out of touch with reality. And, and some even say that I should be forced to engage in their way of thinking by if, for example, if I am a, if I am a psychotherapist and I have, you know, achieved a, a PhD in psychology or psychiatry, and I disagree with the main, mainstream um, view that homosexuality is inborn and there's nothing you can do about it. You're just born that way and that's the way you will be for the rest of your life. If I believe as a psychotherapist, psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever, if I believe that, that homosexuality is simply a lifestyle choice and it is a lifestyle choice that you do not have to be slave to, then I am actually thrown in jail in some states. I can, I can be subject to a crime in some states. So they're not tolerant. They're, they're not you live your life however you see fit at all. In fact, their, their very ideology forces you through totalitarianism to, to agree with their way of life. If you don't believe that I should have to pay for the medical bills of another individual, they will by force tax you into paying for someone else's medical bills. And if you refuse to pay the tax, they will come and arrest you and throw you in jail. That is, that is the absolute opposite of tolerance. But they do it on the grounds of, or they try to pretend that it is done on the grounds of compassion, of kindness, of care. And, and that is what makes it so sinister. Because on, this, on the surface, modern liberalism, like Nazism, seems okay. It seems like it's a nice idea until you begin to realize that the, the, the level of hate and evil 
that is bound up in the ideology in saying that you must be forced under penalty of law to provide for someone else, you start to realize that, boy, it just doesn't sound quite as nice as it used to. Let me let me read a, a, a quick uh, quote um, that sounds, again, on the, um, on the surface, pretty nice. We ask the government undertake the obligation of, above all of providing citizens with adequate opportunity for employment and earning a living. Now, that sounds like a platform statement, if you, if you are honest. That sounds like a platform statement of the Democrat Party right now. We ask that the government undertake the obligation above all of providing citizens with adequate opportunity for employment and earning a living. You hear about the discussion of a living wage. You hear about the discussion of a, of a universal, um, uh, universal basic income. You hear about the discussion of a, a, not just a minimum wage, but a living wage. And in, and in fact, in Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Green New Deal, she talked about not just a, a, a living wage, but I believe the quote was a family-sustaining wage. A family-sustaining wage is um, interesting to say the least because a family-sustaining wage is not a minimum wage. A family-sustaining wage is the average American family is is um, is a family of four, mother, father, couple of kids. Um, so you're now talking about providing a wage that sustains that family and for how long then becomes the question. If kids are on insurance until 26 now, are we sustaining that family until all of the children reach the age of 26? Are we sustaining that family until all of the children have graduated college? When, when does a family-sustaining wage end? So you have this statement that says, we ask that the government undertake the obligation, above all, of providing citizens with adequate opportunity for employment and earning a living. Goes on, the activities of the individual must not be allowed to clash with the interests of the community, but must take place within its confines and be for the good of all. You hear this all the time from the, from the left, right? You hear this all the time from the radical left. They talk about how... You should want to pay more taxes and and take care of your fellow neighbors because it's good for society if people are healthier. It's good for all of the all of our community if people are healthy. It's good for all of our community if everybody has an education. Text the the, the uh, discussion continues. It says, therefore, we demand an end to the power of the financial interests. We demand profit sharing in big business. We demand a broad extension of care for the aged. We demand the greatest possible consideration of small businesses in the purchase of national, state, and municipal governments in order to make possible to every capable and industrious citizen the attainment of higher education and thus the achievement of a post of leadership. The government must provide an all-around enlargement of our entire system of public education. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like something the, the left has been talking about? Guys like Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris and Pete Buttigieg and, and, and all of these other uh, 5,000 other Democrats that are running for president? We need to expand education. We need to make it, make it so every single citizen can get a, a solid education. We demand this, the, the text continues, we demand the education at government expense of gifted children and of poor, or of gifted children of poor parents. The government must undertake the improvement of public health by protecting mother and child, by prohibiting child labor, by the greatest possible support for all clubs concerned with the physical education of youth. We combat the materialistic spirit within and without us and are convinced that a permanent recovery of our people can only proceed from within on the foundation of the common good before the individual good. That sounds, if you were to read it today, if if Bernie Sanders were to stand up at a political rally, if Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez were to stand up at a political rally, if Elizabeth Warren or Pete Buttigieg or Joe Biden or, or any other of the Democrat 
candidates, if they were to stand up and read that statement today, they would be widely celebrated as geniuses, as all of these things are wonderful. We should do these things immediately until you realize that that quote is attributed to the political program of the Nazi party adopted in Munich on the 24th of February, 1920. These things that they are talking about align them nearly perfectly with the Nazi party. The modern left is much closer to and much more connected to the Nazi party of the early 1920s in Germany than anything the conservatives or the Republicans have acknowledged or, or have perpetrated in the last century. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that conservatives are perfect, the Republicans are perfect, that the libertarians have all, their, uh, all of their ducks in a row, because there is no one political ideology that is perfect. Except that, if you believe as I do, the, the political ideology of following and standing alongside of, of the God of the universe as the sole king and purveyor of justice. But on earth, since men are not angels nor gods, there is no political affiliation that is perfect. There's no question about that. Um, but the next time you hear some brainwashed idiot college student call a Republican or a conservative a Nazi, as Dan Crenshaw so eloquently pointed out, if you've got to re, re, resort to calling somebody a Nazi, that's a good indicator that you haven't thought your, thought through your argument very well. Now, I will clarify, I do not believe the modern Democrat Party aligns with the Nazis in their hatred and their racism. I think most modern Democrats are not intentionally racist. I, I don't think it is the intention of most members of the Democrat Party to be intentionally racist. I think their ideas are simply uninformed. As I've as I've pointed out on my terrestrial show, you know, multiple times as I've said before, um, the the modern Democrat Party, as they push for affirmative action, for example, essentially what that says to the the African American student, to the Hispanic student, to the Asian student, to whatever, is that you are incapable of succeeding on your own. You are incapable of getting into college without the help of me and my white privilege. Their intention, I think, is good, as I've talked about before. Their intention is they want to help minority students have better access to education. That intention is a good intention. That is a, that's a good thing to do. But when you do it by saying, well, we know that you're just not capable, so we'll give you free preference points, and we'll get you into a school that maybe you would not have gotten into based on the merits of your grades or your, uh, your, your effort that you put through in school or, or in high school or whatever, we're going to dump you into an institution that you're not prepared for, that you're not capable of, of maintaining uh, an effective performance in said institution. And when you fail, when you drop out, we'll blame somebody else because, of course, our intentions were good. We wanted to do the right thing. We just didn't quite get there. 
Now, I'm not saying that just because you're black, just because you're a minority, just because you're Hispanic or whatever, that you're not going to be capable of succeeding in, in, an, in, a, in a college institution. Because the same is true. If you take a student who the best they can do is maintain a C average in a public high school, regardless whether that kid is white, yellow, green, blue, purple, black, whatever, you dump them into Harvard University, into Yale, into Stanford, into some other Ivy League university and expect them to perform at a level high enough to maintain the standards of of an Ivy League institution, they're going to fail. They're not going to make it. Because it's not a matter of having um, the right color of skin. It's having the right A, motivation, B, inspiration, C, qualification, and in the end, ability. I didn't do well in high school. I didn't do all that well in college. I did okay. I did well enough to pass, but I didn't do that well in college. And and if you had taken me out of my public high school career and dropped me into an Ivy League school, heck, if you'd have dropped me into a middle-of-the-road university, I probably would not have succeeded. And especially if you had dropped me in there simply because you gave me a few preference points because you felt bad for me. So the, the, I don't, like I said, I want to clarify, I'm not saying that all liberals are, are racists and, and white supremacists and anything like that. All I'm saying is that if you want to see people succeed, pretending that they're better than they are is not helpful. Being honest with them and saying, Hey, here's some options for you. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe you're not cut out to be a brain surgeon. But you know what? Maybe you are cut out to be a pilot. Maybe you are cut out to be an attorney. Maybe you are cut out to be a plumber or an electrician or an engineer or or a multitude of other options that put you put by by putting you in the right situation based on your abilities, based on your skills. Maybe you did great in math and sucked at English. Maybe you should be an engineer. Maybe you were great at history and and social studies, but you sucked at biology. Maybe you shouldn't be a doctor. Maybe you should look into being a, a curator of a museum, whatever. Like I mean, there's a million ways to approach this problem. But simply saying, well, we're just going to give you preference points based on the color of your skin because we don't think that you'd be capable of succeeding on your own, it's not helpful. It's, it's unintentionally racist, to be honest. As I've said a million times on my terrestrial radio show, and you'll hear me say for, for ages to come on the, de- on, the, on the podcast here or whenever, There isn't a black man in this country or a black woman in this country or a man or a woman of any color anywhere in this country that needs anything from me to succeed. And for me to suggest any different is not only arrogant and egotistical, but in the case of minorities, it's straight up racist. There is, there is not an individual in this country, regardless of the color of their skin, regardless of the color of their, or, or the, uh, the, the origin of their ethnicity, that needs anything from me to succeed. They have everything they need to succeed all on their own. Now, if they come to me and say, hey, will you help me with this? Will you, will you tutor me in that? Will you partner with me in, in this? Well, then... That's a different story. Let's get together and let's figure out how to make you successful. But if I come to you and say to you, yeah, good luck succeeding without me, without me handing some of you handing you some of my white privilege. That's just racist. White privilege, you want to talk about racist ideology. The 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 ideology of white privilege is one of the most racist things that you can that you will ever hear from from the radical left. Because white privilege, what white privilege says, 
is that unless you are white, you cannot succeed. And if you are not white, the only way you will ever succeed is if I, the white guy, hand you some of my privilege to use. You, your success hinges on whether or not I allow you to. That's what white privilege says. When you hear these radical lefties start talking about white privilege, that's what they're saying. Your success hinges on me allowing you to. The success of any black man in this country hedges on, or hinges on, I should say, hinges on white people allowing you to succeed. Now, I've known quite a few black folks in my lifetime. I've known quite a few um, people from various ethnicities, Hispanics, Asian. One thing I learned is none of them needed me to succeed. And their success never, ever, ever hinged on me allowing them to. Or anybody else allowing them to, for that matter. Because to say that black people can't succeed because they don't have white privilege, or or Hispanic people can't succeed because they don't have white privilege, or Asian people can't succeed because they don't have white privilege... Like, I, I can't wrap my head around the level of arrogance... And, and narcissism it takes to believe that. And with that, we'll wrap it up. Nazism was the discussion today, and the honest-to-God truth is that Nazism has much more in common, and communism and socialism and all that has much more in common with Nazism than anything the right has ever, ever professed. And as Dan Crenshaw says... When we started this, if you got to resort to calling people Nazis, you obviously haven't thought your argument all the way through. I'm Brad Schmidt. This has been the Schmidt Show podcast. We will see you all next week. Stick around. Share this. Like it. Support us through Patreon. Anything you can do to help us out is appreciated. We'll see you next week.